Section seven of O Henryana by O Henry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. The struggle of the outliers. Again today, at a certain street on the ragged boundaries of the city, Lawrence Holcomb stopped the trolley car and got off. Holcomb was a handsome, prosperous businessman of forty, a man of high social standing and connections. His comfortable suburban residence was some five miles further out on the car line, from the street where so often of late he had dropped off the outgoing car. The conductor winked at a regular passenger and nodded his head archly in the direction of Holcomb's hurrying figure. Getting to be a regular thing, commented the conductor. Holcomb picked his way gingerly down a roughly graded side street, infested with ragged urchins, and impeded by abandoned tinware he stopped at a small cottage fenced in with a patch of stony ground with a few stunted shade trees growing about it a stout middle-aged woman was washing clothes in a tub at one side of the door she looked around and smiled a smile of fat recognition good evening mr holcomb is it yourself again you'll find katie inside sir did you speak to her for me asked holcomb in a low voice did you try to help me gain her consent as you promised to do sure and i did that but sir you know girls'll be girls and the more you coax em the willfuller they gets tis your own pleadin' that'll get her if anything will and i hopes you may for i tells her she'll never get a better offer than yours sir tis a good girl she is and a tidy hand for anything from the kitchen to the parlor and she's never a fault except maybe a bit too much likin for dances and ruffles and ribbons but that's natural to her age and good looks if i do say it meself bein her miller mr holcomb ye can spake again to katie sir and maybe this time ye'll have luck unless danny conlon the wild gossoon has been at it again over persuadin her against ye holcomb turned slightly pale and his lips closed tightly for a moment i've heard of this fellow conlon before why does he interfere why does he stand in the way is there anything between him and katie does katie care for him mrs flynn gave a sigh like a puff of a locomotive and flapped upon the washboard with a sodden garment that sent holcomb well splashed six feet away ask me no questions about what's in a girl's heart and i'll tell ye no lies her own mither can't tell any more than yourself mr holcomb holcomb stepped inside the cottage katie flynn with rolled-up sleeves was ironing a dress of flounced muslin criticism of holcomb's deviation from his own sphere to this star of lower orbit must have waned at the sight of the girl her beauty was of the most solvent and convincing sort dusky irish eyes one great braid of jetty shining hair a crimson mouth dimpling and shaping itself to every mood of its owner a figure strong and graceful seemingly full of imperishable life and action katie flynn was one to be sought after and striven for holcomb went and stood by her side as she ironed and watched the lithe play of muscles rolling beneath the satiny skin of her rounded forearms katie he said his voice concealing a certain anxiety beneath the wooing tenderness i have come for my answer it isn't necessary to repeat what we have talked over so often but you know how anxious i am to have you 
you know my circumstances and position and that you will have every comfort and every privilege that you could ask for say yes katie and i'll be the luckiest man in this town to-day kate set her iron down with a metallic click and leaned her elbows upon the ironing board her great blue-black eyes went in their irish way from sparkling fun to thoughtful melancholy oh mr holcomb i don't know what to say i know you'd be kind to me and give me the best home i could ever expect i'd like to say yes indeed i would i'd about decided to tell you so but there's danny he objects so danny again holcomb strode up and down the room impatiently frowning who is this fellow conlin katie he asked every time i nearly get your consent he comes between us does he want you to live always in this cottage for the convenience of his mightiness why do you listen to him he wants me said katie in the voice of a small spoiled child well i want you too said holcomb masterfully if i could see this wonderful mr conlin of the persuasive tongue i'd argue the matter with him he's been the champion middleweight fighter of this town said katie a bit mischievously oh has he well that doesn't frighten me katie in fact i'm not sure but what i'd tackle him a few rounds myself with you for the prize although i'm somewhat rusty with the gloves whist there he comes now exclaimed katie her eyes widening a little with apprehension holcomb looked out the door and saw a young man coming up from the gate he walked with an easy swagger his face was smooth and truculent but not bad he wore a cap pulled down to one eye he walked inside the house and stopped at the door of the room in which stood his rival and the bone of contention you're after my girl again aren't you he grumbled huskily and ominously i don't like it do you see i told her so and i'll tell you so she stays here for ten cents i'd knock your block off do you see now mr conlon began holcomb striving to avoid the argumentum ad hominem listen to reason it's only fair to let katie choose for herself is it quite the square thing to try to prevent her from doing what she prefers to do if it had not been for your interference i would have had her a long time ago for five cents pursued the unmoved mr conlon lowering his terms i'd knock your block off into holcomb's eye there came the light of desperate resolve he saw but one way to clear the obstacle from his path i am told he said quietly and firmly that you are a fighter your mind seems to dwell upon physical combat as the solution to all questions now conlon i'm no scrapper but i'll fight you to a finish any time within the next three minutes to see who gets the girl if i win she goes with me if you win you have your way and i'll not trouble her again are you game danny conlon's hard blue eyes looked a sudden admiration you're all right he conceded with gruff candor i didn't think you was that sort you're all right it's a dead fair sporting prop and i'm your company i'll stand by the results according to terms come on and i'll show you where it can be pulled off you're all right katie tried to interfere but danny silenced her he led holcomb down the hill to a deep gully that sheltered them from view night was just closing in upon the twilight they laid aside their coats and hats here was a situation in the methodical existence of lawrence holcomb real estate and bond broker representative businessman of unquestionable habits and social position 
fighting with a professional tough in a gully in a squalid settlement for the daughter of an irish washerwoman the combat was a short one if it had lasted longer holcomb would have lost for both his wind and his science had deteriorated from long lack of training therefore he forced the fighting from the start it is difficult to say to what he owed his victory over the once champion middleweight one thing in his favor was that mr conlon's nerve and judgment had been somewhat shattered by the effects of a recent spree another must have been that holcomb was stimulated to supreme exertion by an absorbing incentive to win a prompting more powerful than the instinct of the gladiator deeper than all motives of gallantry and more important than the vital influence of love itself a third fortuitous adjunct was without doubt a chance blow upon the projecting chin of the middleweight under which the warrior sank to the gully's grime and remained incapable while holcomb stood above him and leisurely counted him out danny got shakily to his feet and proved to be a true sport you're all right he said but if we had it by rounds twould have ended different the girl goes with you d'ye see i'm on the square they climbed back to the cottage it's settled announced holcomb mr conlon removes his objections that's straight said danny he's all right holcomb had only a scratch and slightly reddened chin from a vicious glancing uppercut from danny's left danny showed punishment one eye was nearly closed his lip was bleeding katie was a true woman such do not at once crown the victor in the tourney for their favor pity comes first the victor must wait for his own it will come to him she flew to the vanquished champion and comforted him ministering to his bruises holcomb stood serene and smiling without jealousy tomorrow he said to katie with head erect and beaming eyes tomorrow if you like answered katie holcomb minced his precarious way up the ragged hill among the obsolete tinware his car came along a glitter with electric lights and jammed with passengers he jumped to the rear platform and stood there at his side he found weatherly a friend and neighbor who had also built a house in the suburbs a few squares from his own hello holcomb yelled weatherly above the crash of the car been looking over some real estate out here how's mrs holcomb and the young h's first rate shouted holcomb when i left home this morning how's the family with you only so so usual suburban troubles servants won't stay so far out tradesmen object to delivering goods in the country cars break down etc what's pleasing you so made a lucky deal today holcomb's face wore an ecstatic look he was fingering a little scratch on his chin with one hand he leaned his head towards weatherly's ear say bob do you remember that irish girl katie flynn that was with the spaffords so long a time i've heard of her said weatherly they say she stayed a year with them without a single day off but i don't believe any fairy story like that twas a fact well i engaged her to-day for a cook she's going out to the house to-morrow count found you for a lucky dog shouted weatherly with envy in his tones and his heart and you live four blocks further out than we do end of section seven end of o henry by o henry